0: Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome to, or welcome back to, if you're a regular listener, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I have been working on this podcast, oh my gosh, over five years and over 500 episodes. And the whole reason I do the show is because I know one thing is true, and that is success leaves clues. So anytime we can sit down and learn from people who are out there doing this crazy world of entrepreneurship, they can't help it. They're going to leave behind an idea, a nugget, a theory, some sort of a concept that we're going to be able to grab onto and take with us out into our own journey. And that's what we're going to do today. In fact, today is episode 517. It is actually the 12th episode because we do it once a month that is co-produced with the Austin Technology Council. The Austin Technology Council is the Central Texas's uh, premier tech industry organization, ATC empowers its members through insights, resources, and connections so that their members can succeed and thrive. This conversation is going to be with Lionel Felix. And he is running a a really cool company called Felix Media Solutions. If you ever walk into one of those like big conference rooms and there's microphones on the table and they have cameras in the wall and they've got those big screens, it's quite possible that Felix Media Solutions was behind putting that together. And he is based right here in Austin, Texas. Hey, Lionel, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm the only Austin person who's not immediately going to go hook them but, uh, for, for all the Austin people out there. Hook them. Well,
0: for you and me both, I didn't go. I didn't go to UT, but I've lived in Austin for 28 years. So I've become a little bit of a UT fan. But I was recently at uh, homecoming for San Diego State University, mm. uh, my alma mater. And I was in a private box with Marshall Falk, who is without question, the greatest football player to ever come out of San Diego state or probably the West coast. Wow. And he was in the box and we were talking about something and I said, yeah, I've lived in Austin 28 years. So, so I bleed orange. And he looked at me like I had just killed everyone in the box. He was like, you went to San Diego state, dude, you bleed red. And <laughs> he almost wouldn't take his picture with me because I had said that I was a UT fan. Oh, i so sensitive. I know. Well, you know, with greatness comes sensitivity, I guess. So Lionel, I don't really like to read the bios that people's PR firms put out and things like that. So why don't you tell everyone who's listening, who is Lionel Felix and and how did you get to where you are today?
1: So, um, I'm a New York city kid and I, I loved living in the city and eventually left, lived in Los Angeles for a while, had a background in, um, Video post-production kind of migrated very quickly as being a, I was a techie since I was a little kid. So I migrated into technology work, IT, and then spent about 20 years in IT organizations doing every single job all the way up to the VP of technology I worked uh, at. Frog Design and Sony Pictures, uh, WPP company called Young and Rubicam. They're an ad agency.
0: I've actually been to New York and spoken for them. I've actually been in their facility. They're they're a past client
1: of mine. They uh, they are a fantastic company. Uh, they've all moved over to um, Columbus Circle now. But yeah, that's where good.
0: that's where I was. In fact, I was speaking in a room. I don't know. There was like fifty or eighty people in the seminar that I was doing, and behind me was like the park and it was like, is anybody paying attention to me? But they all said they were, because they were New Yorkers and they didn't pay attention to New York anymore.
1: Fair, fair <laughs> enough. I like their old building, but uh, somebody offered them a whole bunch of money for it, and apparently Manhattan real estate's worth something. There you go. So what happened at the end of the IT or uh, my IT life is, is that uh, WPP sold off all of their IT to um, IBM Global Services, and they said no more middle management and uh, I said, thank you all very much. I love you guys. I miss you. I'm going to go off and do my own thing and look for another job, and in the midst of looking for another job, um, I ended up making a company out of it.
0: <laughs> but you told me beforehand that you were always kind of an entrepreneurial hustler. You were always out there, you know, trading up for a better skateboard and, and doing things like that. Was, that. was that what you were as a kid?
1: Growing up in New York City, you know, you don't have a lot. You don't have a lot of room, so trading up, trading... Every, everything was a negotiation. Everything was an opportunity to make somebody else's life better, your own life better. Um, and that was how I, you know, you, you trade toys. And I just thought that trading was a pretty natural thing for me. I had a lot of fun doing it.
0: So how long ago did you found uh, Felix Media Solutions?
1: It was officially off the ground in November of 2014, so uh, we are just at five years.
0: Congratulations! That's a big that's a big milestone for any company.
1: It's uh, it's been an, it's been incredible. Every time I walk into the building and I see all these cars parked outside, I'm like, oh my god, I have to make payroll.
0: <laughs> How many people do you have now?
1: We're at 25 people. That's um, it started car. with just. Me and uh, and Mike Watts, uh, we founded it running around in our cars uh, with ladders sticking out of the back of the vehicles and showing up on job sites. We got kicked out of a lot of job sites because we didn't have the proper safety equipment and didn't know what the letters meant. So we kept getting kicked out as we, like, I'd go and go, all right, I have my, ha- my helmet. And he's like, it's a hard hat. I'm like, I got my hard hat. And then, like, well, you need Kevlar sleeves if you're going to work above the ceiling. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And <laughs> fortunately... The superintendent at Trimbuilt, um, only kicked me off the job site three times before he took pity on me and gave me a list of everything else to buy.
0: <laughs> I love stories like that. So many of us, as we've kind of grown our business, have done it through the school of hard knocks. But that's what mm-hmm. that's what gets you those, that gets you those hard knocks degrees go a long way.
1: So, I try to be a charming idiot so people are nice to me.
0: See, I think you're charming. I don't think you're an idiot. But if, I, but, but if I just played
1: them, like I don't, I don't just nod my head and pretend like I know what I'm hearing. I will, I will stand up and go, I don't know what that means, sorry.
0: <laughs> so Lionel, what do you love now about the life of an entrepreneur? I mean, you've always had it in your blood a little bit, but now for five years, you've been doing it. You got to meet payroll. There's all those cars in the parking lot. What do you like about being the entrepreneur?
1: I really, I've really loved watching a culture grow that around excellence and about uh, mutual respect and discipline and and doing right by the client. And that isn't something that got pushed down from above of like, here's officially what our culture is, which is what they do in a lot of corporations and it doesn't get any buy-in. But um, when the culture is no longer yours to define, when the culture is the company's to define, I really feel like that's been something incredible to watch and heartening where people feel like they have an, an identity here. And that's that's meant the most to me because it felt like it, of all these stuff that makes me feel like an imposter, this is the thing that makes me feel real.
0: Nice. Well, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. So once a month, I produce one of the episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do in co-production, if you will, with the Austin Technology Council. So what's great about Austin for technology?
1: There are a number of things that come together around... Um, first is there's a a quality of life that can be had here for a reasonable amount of money. Uh, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time. And as someone with a VP title at a movie studio, I still lived in a one bedroom apartment with a view of a dangling bloody hand in the parking lot behind my house. I'm like, there's, there's gotta be a better way. And people in LA are like, well, what are you going to do? Move to a flyover city. I'm like, I just might, I just might. And I loved Austin because I could have a home here, and I could have a job, and, it would, and, and there wasn't twenty four 24 four seven traffic jams, which has been
0: well, they're they're coming.
1: I, it's it's kind of terrible now, but well, you know when I moved here in two thousand three, it was uh, it was still pretty good, and commercial real estate, and and there's an investor community here, and you can talk you can talk to people directly. And, and it's a big, small town. And I really and I really like it. People, people want to do business here.
0: And one of the things I like, I've lived here since 1991. I actually grew up in Southern California. I grew up in Los Angeles. So, uh, you know, I've always have a, a fondness for both Southern and Northern California. My wife's a fifth generation Northern Californian. There's a street in San Francisco named after her great uncle, uh, you know, and we like it. But when we really look at what we got by moving here in 1991, we got a community, we got the fact where the you know the big guy would listen to the little guy and everyone's kind of welcome everywhere. And like you said, you can talk to everyone. I think I think it's a little less than maybe it was 15 years ago, but you used to be able to go to like the Austin Tech Happy Hour, and at there you would have venture capitalists and receptionists and people with an idea and programmers. And it wasn't like anyone was judging anybody based on what their role was. Everybody knows in Austin that we're all part of that
1: infrastructure. You know, I was I was at a, a technology meetup and I sat next to uh, Bob Metcalf mm-hmm. and we argued about uh, Apple's designs. And I felt like, you know, we we have a community here of people who want to exchange ideas and it's not so hierarchical like it is on the coasts. And I, I love LA and I love New York. I'm not dinging them, but I really feel like this is more egalitarian, and I enjoy it.
0: I, f- I fully agree. Hey, what advice do you have for somebody who listens to this show because they, they want to make that leap? They want to go start their own entrepreneurial venture, whatever that might be, whether it's a solopreneur like me who works for themselves or somebody growing something that's going to have 25 employees and then maybe even more. What, uh, what advice do you have
1: for them? Being laser-focused on the thing that you feel like you can deliver and ship. Um, and that's that's so important. We laser focus on class A corporate real estate and conference rooms and we absolutely own that space. Uh, there are people who do house of worship and there, and there are companies that try to do everything. And being being too broad is, uh, is, it's very challenging and it doesn't lead to success. I think that figuring out the one thing that you can really do that's, that's wildly different. You know, I think Favor did a great job of saying, we're gonna make delivery of food seamless. We're just gonna, and people are gonna show up at your door and they're gonna drop the food off and they're not gonna chat with you. Either. They're just gonna leave and the whole thing's gonna happen just like that. And they just focus on this one thing. And that made it sticky and they were able to not run around trying to do a bunch of different things. Um, and I think that it's, it's really easy to try to figure out what you can do perfectly. And I'd rather focus on what can you deliver and deliver it with your style that, you know, is going to be the differentiating factor.
0: I like that. That's a good, that's a really good piece of advice. So what I do is I go into companies for team meetings, very often like a company of, 25 to several hundred people they'll have like their year kickoff and what I talk about is this gap that exists between potential and performance which is true for so many people it's true for entrepreneurs it's true for the people that you hire how come in your experience what do you why do you think some people are able to go farther across that gap between potential and performance where other people who have a lot of potential just fall into the abyss
1: I grew up with a lot of people in New York City that were so smart that went to Bronx science and Stuyvesant or went to amazing schools. Uh, I know people who have incredible IQs, but they lack a couple of things. And I really feel like uh, there's, there's a couple of ingredients that if, if those don't exist, there is no delivery and that's boldness, just getting over it, getting and just doing it, getting out there and doing it. And resilience,
0: mm.
1: hitting the ground When you look at your blood in your hand and it doesn't scare you and you go, this is what it takes for me to get to the next place. Because if you don't see your blood on the ground, you're not working hard enough. There are other people who are willing to see it.
0: And that resilience part doesn't get brought up enough, actually, when I ask this question. And I think it, it's true. I, w- I went through, I've been doing this for 11 years, and I went through a little rough patch where my sales evaporated. And I was thinking, well, it's over. People aren't looking to hire me anymore and my you know, my message and, and things like that. And one of the things I kept did, I kept doing was I kept tweaking things. I kept working. I kept putting myself out there. And all of a sudden, you know, you turn a corner and you're like, oh, well, that was just part of it. Okay. But a lot of people, I think, quit when, you know. Three months, six months aren't going well. They're like, well, time to go get a job, and uh, so I'm glad I was resilient. And I think that that's a piece of advice I just don't hear enough.
1: It's people. Too many people are looking for the jackpot, and they don't, and they're and they're a f- they're not go- they're not willing to go through the roughest of the rough patches. If you build a business and you sell it, and nowhere along the way. I I doubt people who've sold their businesses successfully didn't at one point look into the abyss and go, this is the end. (laughs) And then turn around and say, absolutely not. I'm not going to die here. This is not where this ends.
0: That's right. It doesn't end today. That was my my motto for a long time. (laughs) So I've actually got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you By Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Lionel Felix Hey, if you wanna start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and look at the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Lionel, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now?
1: There's a lot of fun stuff. I mean, when you come down to it, I'm 12 years old (laughs) and I like blinky lights and noisy things. While we do a lot of office stuff, I love to do, uh, we've done all the bar three studios here in town. We do a lot of the um, restaurants and things for um, Waterloo, New Waterloo. And we love to do stuff that's interesting. So one of the coolest things that we did is that we built the largest indoor television in Austin in the lobby of Silicon Labs. It is nine feet tall and 32 feet wide.
0: It's another one of my clients. I've seen it.
1: So... Um, that is so much fun. It was so cool to do. And the prices on those walls keep coming down. And now what we're doing is we're focusing on shopping a lot of those walls out to a number of our customers, because at the end of the day, when you walk through your space as a corporate client, there has to be something cool about it and sticky and fun and engaging. And, those big walls inspire awe. And we had one set up in our, in our shop here. And we had a big day with people coming in and taking a look at stuff and everyone turned into a child and they were putting their face <laughs> up to it, they were touching it. It's so enormous. And we were watching, um, 4K lightning storms in surround sound, and people were standing there like getting vertigo because it was so big. It was beyond the limits of your eyes. It was so cool. And people and people love that, and I love delivering something. Wow. I could talk about Zoom video conferencing all day. I love Zoom. We sell the crap out of it. It's actually a really cool tool. We're using it right now. And, <laughs> and that, that's fun, but I love the giant giant video walls and the new see-through walls that we're uh, pitching now are a lot of fun where you look at it from you look at a building from the outside and it's all glass and then suddenly it's all lights and nice. it's a light show and it's a big screen nice
0: nice and we are using zoom right now I find <clears> you know I don't know how I could run my business without zoom I I not only do all the podcasting through zoom and I host this show and I also host a show called the digital enterprise society podcast for an organization shockingly called the Digital Enterprise Society. And uh, so we do all the interviews via Zoom and I also have their their premium package. So we're not using it right now, but I can record everything. It will transcribe everything. Uh, and we use that for the other podcasts because they pull out a lot of quotes and, and things. I'm, I'm too lazy with cool things entrepreneurs do to do that. So <laughs> for a long time I was recording everything and it's like, why? I'm not pulling any clips. So, uh, but, but Zoom is a great tool, but you're right. I mean, there's certainly a time and a place for, for the higher-end stuff that you guys do.
1: Absolutely. We, we really we do the mild to wild, and that's that's always been a lot of fun. We did uh, the Bose-sponsored house on Rainy Street over at Half Step, and there is no other bar on that street that has more. Wa- Bose showed up with 15 pallets of audio equipment and wanted us to stuff it into this 1,200-square-foot house. like <laughs> We're going to need to pull new power off the pole just to run this thing. Oh, that's funny. That's always fun.
0: That's funny. Well, before we get into wrapping this up, on these episodes that are are the Austin-focused episodes that are co-produced with ATC, I always like people to talk a little bit about, a little more about Austin, the Austin tech scene, and sort of advice you have for other people in Austin.
1: I, you know— I hang out while we are in, in construction, we are in technology and we go to a lot of tech stuff and we, one of our clients is capital factory and we go and hang out and talk to these people all, all through, um, all through the tech scene. And I think that uh, one of the best things about the scene here and the most important thing to do is to go to as many events as possible, figure out what's relevant, where people are having cool conversations and just have cool conversations. And keep doing that because good things materialize from that networking. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. I apologize.
0: Uh, Hey, you know, it's like live TV. We go with a little bit of a telephone ringing or whatever that was. It's all good. Uh, (laughs) We could edit it, but why? So. So I think you're right. And I think that the networking scene in Austin is better than in most cities. I think that there are so many things. I, always, uh, I was quoted in the Austin Business Journal one time a few years ago saying that in Austin, you can easily have a three-name tag day. And what a three-name tag day was, you could go to a networking function at breakfast, at lunch, at dinner, or happy hour. Uh, if you just look hard enough, somebody is having some sort of a gathering in Austin where you can slap on a name tag and meet cool people.
1: Absolutely, especially with South by coming up, the opportunities are incredible to meet really fun people. And also being in Austin, if you know that South by is coming, figure out who's going to be in town and have those meetings and meet with people and go and and, and stock them in the coffee shops.
0: (laughs) Well, I remember South by 20 years ago when I started going and like one of the first years I went, I ended up on a party bus that was going to something and I ended up sitting next to, you know, the founder of Zappos. And, uh, you know, it was like, Whoa, it's Tony (laughs) Shay. Check it out. And we had a short conversation before we got to where we were going. But nowadays it seems like at South by there seems to be so many people That uh, people like Tony Shea get whisked away to private parties a little bit more than just showing up with people like me. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Hey, the last questions I ask everybody who comes on the show, the first one is when you look out at the world of entrepreneurship and, and you've been playing in the pool for a long time, who do you admire? Who do you say, wow, she or he, they're doing cool things
1: there are so many opportunities to put Elon Musk on a pedestal and you know of course he deserves one and it's but been I,
0: it's been said a lot on the
1: show and and uh, and well deserved because he is he is truly a, a bold person who looks out into the future but when I and it's easy to do when you have millions in your pocket but I walk to the grocery store and I see that Girl Scout in front of HEB with her table full of goods and she's putting it all out there she's got a goal she's got a mission and she is being brave and coming up against everything that society has told little girls that they should and shouldn't do and she's out there being bold and being awesome and um and has an amazing opportunity to learn entrepreneurship learn the pitch learn how to connect with people learn how to deliver and i think that's really neat to watch
0: I remember when my oldest daughter was a Girl Scout. We used to go sell her cookies when it was cookie time. We used to go stand at Twenty Fourth and Guadalupe on Saturday and Sunday mornings, about nine thirty, ten o'clock, when hungover people would be heading to the library because they had a test coming up. And uh, uh, I remember, you know, she liked that thing of business. That why do why do so many college students stop, you know, and buy cookies at nine in the morning? And so, you know, we talked about that. Uh, you know, you got, you got to go where the demand is. And uh, she would sell out of her boxes of cookies really fast right there on that corner.
1: It it reminds me that uh, my fiance is also our CFO who's been uh key in getting us to where we are. She was a Girl Scout to the, to the magnitude that uh, they didn't trust that she was actually selling as much as she said she was because she was blowing everyone else out of the water. <laughs> So while I did a lot to make this company successful, I also have a financial powerhouse ex-girl scout there you go
0: yeah well my my uh, my both of mine are ex-girl scouts but my oldest one uh uh has a business degree now from carnegie mellon so uh she obviously uh got really into that uh the the, the whole do well in business thing so and then uh her sister is now applying to college and uh, so i have i have a, a recent college graduate and a high school senior and so my little countdown clock is i'm almost done the parenting is almost over
1: I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe 65 percent of female CEOs were also once Girl Scouts. Really, that's interesting. That was a Sylvia Acevedo's uh, quote. She's she's um, the head of the Girl Scouts now. It's 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 worth looking up, but it's a disproportionate number, and that's awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, if it, it even if it's not true, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it. That's how that's how things spread.
1: That's thing that's how things work right now.
0: <laughs> that's right. It doesn't have to be true. You just say it enough times. Uh, so the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show. is, is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because let's face it, starting a company, you know, making money, that's wonderful. We could talk about that all day on a show like this. However, I think entrepreneurs, I really think that they have to do more than make the money. I think we have to leave a mark behind. So so what do you do?
1: Um, one of the things that we do to make a mark internally is that we pay people um, a living wage or better, and we provide healthcare, and we really make a choice place to work. But when we look outside of our organization, we wanted to work with an organization that had the same scale. Like if I gave $5,000 to UNICEF, they'd be like, fine, you're our 5,000th most big donor. We really do. Austin is growing and we're displacing a lot of wild animals. And those wild animals are coming in contact with us. And a lot of them end up <clears throat> needing our help. So Austin Wildlife Rescue um rescues, rehabilitates, and releases wild animals all around uh, Central Texas area from raptors like hawks to um, skunks and raccoons and fawns and all of that. And they receive more than 7,500 animals a year that they rescue and rehabilitate. And we provide all of their technology. We um, help them get wireless internet. We did all of their networking. We did all of their AV so they can do teaching on site and remote learning. So uh, and then we also provide them with uh, financial support. And it, and it means a lot to us. We also support uh, Austin Pets Alive as well. So we're, um, we're very pet friendly around here. There's two <laughs> giant dogs sitting here on the couch.
0: And, and so enjoy them. I think, I think two good charities. I'm not actually familiar with Austin Wildlife Rescue, but I wrote that down because that, that second daughter, that high school senior, her major is going to be wildlife biology most likely. And uh, that, is, that, is her, that is her thing. So I'm going to have to ask her if she knows about Austin Wildlife Rescue. And she did not leave for 10 months. Maybe they found a new volunteer.
1: Well, if, if she gets the opportunity to, to bottle feed a baby squirrel, I think you might end up with some baby squirrels in your house.
0: You've never met my wife. There will not be baby squirrels in this house. That's, that sounds great, Lionel, but that ain't going to happen. Uh, but she, Kate would probably love to find out and, and figure out how to volunteer there because she is very much, that is her, that is her world. Environmental and, uh, and wildlife biology are, are the two things she wants to study in college.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. It's such a good program here. They, have, um, they set new standards for how to rehabilitate.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being part of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Any last words?
1: Um, No, it's it's wonderful to be on here and talk about it. I think that this is, I'm part of the uh, entrepreneurs organization, EO, and it's a great place to talk about entrepreneur type things. And I do love talking about business and talking about giving back. Uh, so I really, uh, I really appreciate the time. It's been, it's been wonderful chatting with you.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing your story. You seem like one of the coolest guys in town and I've never met you before. So we're going to have to go have a beer sometime.
1: Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every time, if it wasn't for the audience, why would we have the show? And thank you to my partner for this episode, the Austin Technology Council. This has been the 12th episode. I think we've started in January with this, uh, where we've co-produced these episodes with their members. And I think they've been some of the best episodes of the year. So if you're a regular listener of cool things entrepreneurs do, go back. It's the first Thursday of every month. You're going to find these special ATC episodes. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Lionel Felix. I know you're thinking, what? How will you ever find somebody that cool? But we'll do it. But in the meantime, go out there. Try new things. Put your ladder against the right wall. Start climbing. And while you're at it, have a great day.